0: What's going on? This is Edgar Otra and welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. Now, today on the show, my co-hosts are Cousin Primo and my good friend Fredo, and today's theme is the comics that mean the most to us now if you're new to the show make sure you check out our website we have plenty of things for you to check out there you'll find the complete catalog of all our episodes you'll see some playlists with specific themes uh, anything from pop culture to movie reviews and playlists having to do with combat sports so make sure you visit our website theflowworldpodcast.com and check us out so as you can probably tell i'm a huge geeky nerd and at least back in the day too like we followed artists the artists were the star for us especially when you're a kid who's an aspiring artist as well so you follow these guys like mark silvestri and jim lee and McFarlane, and you wish you could draw like them i did a lot of tracing when i was a kid a ton and that's how i learned a little anatomy when i was a kid so i really hope you dig this geeky episode now without further ado on with the show
1: It doesn't like it yeah we're gonna we're gonna start You'll riffing and stuff is gonna fly out yeah it doesn't matter how much time you give me I'm still yeah yeah, yeah it won't be enough <laughs> right I'm
0: still gonna be unprepared. Yeah. prepared yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna riff okay things. oh I'm sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> now,
1: as I get as I remember I'm just gonna start jotting them down cool and try to, like cool weave them the, in into the conversation
0: and the other thing too is like as we're going things are going to start clicking right you're going to hear something yeah, and like yeah, oh yeah, right. and then there's going to be this and then mm-hmm. so anyway this is edgar otra Vez, and welcome to another episode of the floral podcast today on the show my co-hosts are cousin primo what's up primo
2: what's up brothers Primo's in the house
0: and my good friend fredo what's up fredo
1: Guess who's back fredo's <laughs> back <laughs>
2: and that's a fact and there's a fact
0: Jack alright so now the topic of conversation for today will be comics that inspired us or comics that mean something to us we're working on that title because I pooped the bed I uh, promised the guys that I would finish reading uh, the Ninja Turtles
1: you did a train spotting
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yeah,
0: Shed all over the bed
2: I I crashed all over (laughs) the
0: bed And then uh, flung it at the wall And at the people (laughs) walking in (laughs) Oh god Oh man, that was a crazy movie But anyway, um, yeah, I screwed up Uh, I didn't get to finish reading the book Uh, And unfortunately these guys have read the book Way in in advance, way a long time ago I dropped the bomb, I apologize But thankfully the guys and I uh, We came together and uh, Came up with a new theme, so we're going to be talking about these comic books that mean something to us. And we're going to just kind of do a round robin. We're going to like maybe we'll we'll go one, one and one and then just keep going in a circle. So why don't we start with you, Primo? What do you got?
2: All right. Well, how about we start off with the comic book that got us into comic books? How's that?
0: All right. You go for it. What do you got? What do you got?
2: I have. Well, the one that really got me into it. I'm not going to lie to you. It was... X-Men. I actually remember the t- the number and it was um, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 233. 233? So, yeah, which is the second part of the Brood Invasion. Oh, yes. Right. And what caught my eye was, you know, I was heavily into robots. You know uh-huh. that for a fact. All you people who know me know that. And man, Colossus just was like on the cover and i was like who is this to find out he is a mutant with the ability to make his body into steel what was that and number again uh 231 231 Two thirty. no, no 233 okay 233
1: 233 now on sale twice a month dude <laughs> yeah I, they went by uh bi-monthly around that time yeah you know?
2: yeah
0: Dude, I remember that book, man. I actually yeah. owned that copy too. Yeah, and so it was I. it was a dope book. The the brood too, the whole that whole saga was awesome. Oh yeah. And one of I my
1: favorite I still have it. You have the saga? Start. I yeah. Dude, I, I, okay. I went I went through a little phase like maybe two about a year or two ago. And I just went back and just picked up a bunch of uncanny next man back issues. Mm. <laughs> I was like <sighs> This is my chance cuz I was seeing that, you know, people weren't really paying attention on some of these old issues.
2: Right. Projects. Especially with the new Marvel Now and like they did their version of a rebirth and it was like, oh. Geez. Yeah. Fucked so, <laughs> like one of my favorite things,
0: and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but the cover for the Uncanny X-Men 234 is the cover with Wolverine turning into one of the aliens with his claws sticking out. That is my favorite comic book cover of all time. Oh, yes.
1: yeah. I just looked at it. Yeah, I remember that one.
0: <laughs> they oh, have a statue of this thing. And I yeah. saw it at a Comic-Con. And it was running for $200 at a Comic-Con. And I was like, fuck, I can't buy this. Uh-huh, I, can't justify, I can't justify oh. spending $200 on a piece of plastic, yeah. you know?
1: That, mm-hmm. that, old school, that old school Mark Silvestri artwork, too. Oh,
2: dude. He was so he was, good. He was, a, he was so good at drawing Wolverine. I loved it. Yeah, he is. It, he's he's awesome at that.
0: Yeah, and that particular cover has like Wolverine's teeth turning into like an alien teeth, and he's got all the veins and the way he shadowed the veins and stuff. You know, yeah, on his neck. It just looks so cool, man. The color too. It it's such a simple cover, but I don't know what it is, the drama with the black and the and the off color, like the green and the blue. It was, it was the coolest thing. And then in that saga, one of the best things, one of the coolest things that happened is Wolverine fights the brood uh, infection like if it was a disease because the brood were right. going around turning people into aliens. They would basically turn everybody into an alien. And Wolverine fought off the, the, the infection like a disease, right. man. It was, it, I was blown away by that book. It was, it, and, or that story, I should say. But that cover, 234, my favorite cover. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I actually went back and found how it all started with that. Yeah, what happened? They, they fought the brood plenty of times, mm-hmm. right? And what it is, they fought, the brood found a way to infect mutants. Mm-hmm. So these batch of brood offspring are mutants. The brood that he's fighting in that cover? Yeah. That brood is named Brickbat. Oh, so they because have names. I thought there they were just... Oh, no, there's cool. one called Spitball. There's one, there's one called Mother who um, injects the aliens inside humans, inside the mutants. Mm-hmm. But there was one called Spitball that would shoot fireballs out of his mouth, but he looked human. They were a pair of paramedics that were infected with the brood virus. They would go on cause when it was mutants. And that's how they spread it. That's how they spread the invasion. Wow. And Mother is one of the paramedics. I can't think of another cover
0: that that had like changed the game for me like that. Right.
1: Well, I can think of plenty. I, but... can... <laughs> well, I mean, there, there Especially are... X, X-Men during that that time, Uncanny X-Men was just delivering just badass covers and I oh, remember yeah. just that was one of the, the main reasons I, I started even getting into comic book art. was just the covers that were coming out at that time. Oh, like,
2: man. Around that era, yeah, the comic all, book art. You arts. had all these
1: guys that like read it. There, like, almost when they were hitting their prime, mm-hmm. artists like Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, McFarlane. McFarlane. Oh, oh, man. Speaking
2: yeah. of McFarlane, that one cover of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, well, oh. it's now considered a, a historical piece of the art. The
1: first... The first one? The Spider Man no. number one? The one where he's no, like um, all covered in no, webs?
2: Yeah, that's that's one of his that wasn't Spider-Man. That was a mate, one of the amazing Spider-Man covers. I think that's when um Venom started making more of an appearance before before um he started he what? went all alien.
1: Amazing Spider-Man 300? The I one think where so. he's
2: Swinging. I- no, no, no. It's uh, let's let me look that up real quick.
0: Here, I'm looking it up right now. There's there's a few very notable covers that I do remember. There's one where Spider-Man is drawn by McFarlane. There's one where Spider-Man is like uh, all covered in web, and it's the first one. It was uh, released in August of uh, Lord knows when, <laughs> but it says August um, there, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's Spider-Man number one. Uh, oh, that's when, real. yeah they gave him his own series mm-hmm. his own series to write and draw McFarlane yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: wow because remember yeah. at that time you had McFarlane Lyfield, yeah. Jim Lee
0: Jim Lee they were yeah.
1: they were, were kind of upset because they weren't being uh, treated right as far as creatively they wanted to do more write more they wanted to be more involved with the stories so that's when they gave him their own series. McFarlane ended up doing a, a Spider-Man solo series, and then X-Men Jim Lee, and then X-Force field
0: So another notable cover is is Amazing Spider-Man 300, and again it's McFarlane drawing the cover. It's it's dope. Is it? Hold on, it doesn't look like a McFarlane cover.
1: No, it, 300 is notable because it's it, it's the first appearance of Venom, full full appearance of Venom. Okay. Yeah. I actually have a t-shirt of that cover but
0: <laughs> it that's not McFarlane though it doesn't look like it yeah, is
1: it is it is oh
0: it is yeah. mm-hmm. okay
1: they've redone that cover so many times
0: mm-hmm. like
1: I think McFarlane himself redid uh, did a spawn version of that cover
0: oh Jesus Christ yeah. <laughs> oh he has I mean, yeah. anyway nope, even has, even yeah.
1: that that's the that spider-man number one that you just showed us yeah he did a spawn version of that one too Wow. It, I mean there are iconic covers. Yeah. And he has sure. a lot of those. Yeah, uh, my pardon definitely kudos to him. He has a lot of sky. <laughs> he's got
0: he's got, he's got a lot of memorable covers. He does. Yeah. He had such a unique style, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh nowadays I don't know if that style would would fly anymore because uh the art and the level of, of detail has just got bumped up so high. It almost yeah, seems like there, there there aren't superstars like there used to be. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. Nowadays, it's shifted more to like I think the the writers themselves get more props for the comics that are that that pop. You know?
0: Yeah, I could see that because the stories, some of the stories have gotten really interesting. Right. The writing is just so much better these days.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the dialogue, the way they write everything is just so much better. The storytelling but uh but man that's a that's a good one to come out of the gate with man the brood i have wonderful memories of of that No, did
1: did you ever make your own version did you draw that redraw that
0: i have tried to draw that cover several times as a kid yeah that Mm -hmm. that wolverine cover i've done i've done it a few times i know i have and Mm -hmm. i would love to like redraw it now and actually do a good job of it you know I mean, if I wanted to, I could probably cheat it and, and throw it into a projector or something and throw it on a on a canvas. But I want to. No, that, che-
1: that's, that's not fun.
0: <laughs> no, I'm going to draw it all by hand and whatever imperfections or whatever, that's cool. You know, uh, I'm not going to be as good as as whoever drew. Man, I don't even know who drew that cover. Shame Mark on Silvestri. Me. <laughs> Mark Silvestri? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, we were just talking about it. Yes, right?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's, and I it was
1: it's, I was looking at the date. It, it came out in '88, so I'm thinking like that must have been the time when like Frank Miller was really hot, uh, as far as like mm-hmm. Batman Year One, and there was probably a lot of influence by other artists. You know, all the stuff that he did with Shadows and stuff with uh, uh, the his Batman runs. Yeah, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of vibes, a lot of Frank Miller vibes from that cover. You know, know what, what
0: I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally know what you mean because Frank Miller just loved black.
1: It's all black green and like green as highlights and then just purple like as stand out it's like not your your typical colors for comic book art
0: and that and that is part of like what made it so cool is that it's not using like the normal colors that you would see Mm -hmm. on a person it was just so different uh You know, and I can
1: I I can see little uh, little Edgar being like, wow, this is cool. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) this is different.
0: I can't remember um, what exactly started me on comics. I will say that it was Primo. Primo (laughs) took me to to a little drugstore. And then he was like, Hey man, check this out. And we looked at these comics and I was like, Whoa, this is cool. So he bought a couple, I bought a couple. And then I went home and I looked at them and I thought it was neat. And I remember it was, it was X-Men, X-Men and Spider-Man. is what I started with. Ah, uh, you know, it was just like, oh, okay. It's a cool little thing to check out here and there. You know, uh-huh. I took them home. I read them. I didn't really care. It wasn't until Inferno started. Mm. Oh, and I really, okay. I don't even remember what the story was. I guess it was like a demon takeover or something. I don't even think it was a good run, from what I have, because I mean it's, it's never it's never mentioned, you know. Nobody ever wants I, to do a, a story. I've seen, on,
1: I've, seen, I've seen I've seen it compiled like in in a trade paperback, trade paperback version. Yeah,
2: yeah. But, the the story they've they've had Inferno because supposedly ignore the owl. Um, you got that really sitting on your house again man Yeah they're telling me I need to go to Hogworth I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, the story is is that uh, Mr. Sinister made a clone of Jean Gray but since she was a human and the whole story is is that Mary her name is Marion Parlor and she made a deal with the demon when Scott didn't want nothing to do with her. She had a baby. Mm. She got, you know who act, who actually becomes um, Nathan Summers, who is Cable. What happens was she makes a pact with a demon. The demon says um, he'll all I ask is for you to give me thirteen children of power to open up hell, and you can be the queen, queen of the demons or queen of the goblins. She becomes a goblin queen. That's what she becomes. This crossover was with X Men, X Factor and uh the new mutants it was uncanny oh, x-men
0: yeah. x-factor x terminators excalibur and the new mutants
2: right i figured i totally forgot about excalibur yeah excalibur,
0: excalibur. was hot back then too yeah, yeah. i Love
2: could never too. get into that one but yeah it what? was so weird
0: it was good but it was so yeah. weird
2: <laughs> it was weird yeah
1: they didn't they, they have go- like a little dragon creature too
2: yeah, that was Shadow Cat, who is uh no. used to be a member of the X-Men. She had a pet dragon.
0: Yeah, she had a pet dragon. And that right. was Lockheed. Lockheed, right.
2: And the oh, team right. consisted of Katie Pride. was a good thing. Katie Then also Nightcrawler was on the team as well. Yeah, it was all like British, like mutant team. Yeah, like Captain britain Megan, the Shapeshifter, Shadow Cat. And Rachel Summers, in the future, she comes from the Mojo planet universe. She is actually the daughter of Gene and Scott Summers.
0: So wait a minute. Explain that character. Because first of all, she looks badass in that comic. Mm-hmm. Right. She she is so interestingly drawn and she's full on Phoenix, right? Yeah. But she's not evil. But like, she's got like spikes on her suit and she like uses her fire with the telekinesis. It's so cool. But uh, did you mention Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler was also on the team. Yeah, he
2: did. Nightcrawler, yeah. Um, She is from a alternate future, who Mm -hmm. was captured by Mojo, and was a slave. Yeah. Okay, and if you see her face when she uses her power, she has like these, like fire marks on her face that are have been permanently tattooed on her face, by Mojo. Oh, really. So she uses her powers to cover him up. Only when she loses control do the tattoos appear. That's nuts. Yeah.
0: Dude, I didn't, I mean, I knew she was from a future. I didn't understand that she was from an alternate future.
2: Right. She don't, no guarantees that she will even be born, but they region, they have like three kids in the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cable is one of them, right? Cable's one of them. Hope is another one. And Rachel
0: Summers so in in terms of like like again like the comics that i got into in the beginning it it wasn't until inferno was what set it off for me and it was more because of the look and the demons and the darkness and and the and the twisting of the characters they made all these good characters kind of evil and i was completely confused as to who uh madeline Pryor was because she kind of looked like jean gray to me she was jean gray she was a clone She was a clone okay so i didn't i didn't even understand that i was a kid you know i didn't get it no yeah yeah but like uh there was so much craziness in that book and then it turned the whole world into like a demon world right so everything was like every every single frame or uh panel was was dark and there was always like fire and there was like demons and there were robo demons yeah, it, it
2: was it was nuts, you know. But right, I- because um, and each member of the team had something to do with that inferno. Yeah, X Men was Marilyn Parler. That's one. Uh, X Four X Factor was who was Rick? Oh, Scott Summers. He was involved because he was the one who broke her heart. Mm. Uh, the New Mutants, you had Liliana, who was the Colossus' sister. Yeah, who was raised in that hell, and she became the queen. Of that hellhole and then kept it then from um from excalibur megan was corrupted by the main demon and she became the demon princess
0: i remember the the excalibur part of the story was like the weakest of the whole thing yeah they, had, they didn't have a room so part you,
2: you
1: went through all the different series i mean the other different
2: i picked uh-huh. up all the x books and the, I, x, yeah i picked them all up because it was continuing from each one and then for the new mutants that's how you got your techno demons because they had warlock who was an alien that when they he would touch anybody he would infect them with his with his techno organa or, or, or organisms yeah so that's how he would the one demon i think his name was seth um he got he he infected himself on purpose so he became a techno demon and then he would fight the main guy which was the red guy he also infected himself and then became a techno demon so it looks like the issues
0: for Inferno wasn't just X-Books. It was, it was a few books in the Uncanny X-Men and the Spider-Man. X-Factor and then the New Mutants and Exterminator or Exterminators and Excalibur. But then there was also a couple issues in Avengers. There was a few issues with Daredevil. The Power Pack, I never heard of them. I don't remember them. Cloak and Dagger, Fantastic Four, Spectacular Spider-Man. The mm-hmm. web of Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man. So Spider-Man had quite a few books in this Damage Control and What If. What was if was that
1: happened? was that the mainline books or those were more like tie-ins? I think. I recall the Inferno series they had on the cover, like Inferno Part
2: One, Part Two, <laughs> yeah, right? Part... That that uh, with Spider-Man, that, that's where the uh, Demo Goblin but, came from.
1: Usually, with every event series, there's always tie-ins to other series that mm-hmm. are. like very distant, but they still try to tie in whatever event is going on. Right.
2: They get they wanted everyone to be involved in those, those are yeah. like annual stuff, big events and stuff. Um then after that they were they were doing like mainstream events only for the main for the main comic books.
0: So, so I'm looking at the books now. I do remember this. There was an Infernal tie-in for the Spider Man series mm-hmm. and it had to do with Hobgoblin
2: right he became the demon goblin after he that. became he actually became a demon it, it, the
0: inferno piece of it is mm-hmm. in the corner right so it's a tie-in not necessarily like almost like what you would consider a spin-off right it's part mm-hmm. of it's part of the story but not uh it's being affected by the 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 events of what's happening in the main storyline but not really part of the of the main storyline main story yeah the whole world is being mm-hmm. em, enveloped by demons yeah.
2: New York was the main, supposed to be like the main capital. Of, so of there you go. When the Infernal was happening, they would show what was going on in New York. You see the Punisher shooting demons. You see Spider-Man, Power Pack. The ex, the X-Terminators. those were actually mutants that they were, that were being trained by X-Force. By X-Factor, my fault. X-Factor. X-Factor, yeah. Right. So that's where they introduced um, Boom Boom, Rector, I want to say, um, Cannonball. No, Cannonball was a new mutant. Leech and and Artie, those guys.
0: Yeah, I remember those. It was a, it was an interesting lineup of of characters in that book,
2: but it was uh it was very odd. Mm-hmm. That that team there only had that little spinoff, and that was it. And after that, they were asked to join X Factor. Uh, X Factor. One of them X Factor, some of them new mutants. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy like. It was like time for graduation or some stupid shit because um, they introduced also like uh, X-Force after that. It looks like they brought the exterminators
0: back a few times too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Boom Boom was part of it. I remember Boom Boom Boom, boom was so cool. Mm-hmm. Jubilee, Boom Boom, which to me, they're almost like the same character. But Well,
2: that's what it was. Jubilee is a copy of Boom Boom because she was out first. Jubilee was actually a character they created for the TV show, and then she made her way into the comics. Nah, she was a real character in the in she, the comics. She
1: was she was in the comics for a while. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, she joined the comic books. Yeah, but she actually was um, let me see. Actually, she was in a tie-in with this comic book, uh, comic number X-Men Uncanny X-Men, two fifty-one, and that's the issue where they come they come back from the inferno. And I think the Reavers are there waiting for them. The Reavers, forgot about all mm-hmm. the Reavers. Yeah. the Reavers, because the base that they were hiding at, that the X Men were were working from, is an X is an uh, Reaver, a Reaver base.
0: So it says here that Jubilee was created by Chris Claremont and Mark Silvestri and first appeared in the Uncanny X Men two forty four.
1: Yeah, that was that was way yeah. Way before yeah, the she, animated series. Yeah,
2: nineteen eighty-nine. Oh, okay. I thought she was made up like what's her name? Um Harley Quinn.
1: They did create a, a character for the animated series though that wasn't in the comics. Yeah, that shapeshifter. Yeah, Morph. Yeah. Yeah. And then they eventually brought like brought him into the comics.
0: Yeah, they made him canon in the comics, yeah. but he was short lived there too, right?
2: i, I think, think he was so. in um yeah. what's the name the age of apocalypse he was on there yeah that's, he had yeah no, right right he
1: made point his point. appearance
2: there mm-hmm. but Damn. he was all white he was like he had no face he was like completely white like sort of mm-hmm. like the chameleon dude from Spider-Man.
0: I, i'm always like just totally like knocked back by the amount of shit that you know about random shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same thing with you, Fredo. Like, you guys bust out some crazy knowledge. I'm, I'm surprised that you guys know this much about about these characters in such intricate, intricate detail. So, Fredo, why don't you give us one of your most influential comics?
1: Well, I'll start out with with the first comic I ever remember owning. And I remember specifically uh, where it was at a Woolworth. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. They, they used to have like a, a rack of comic books by the register. And then mm-hmm. I remember specifically one time up to that point, I hadn't like read comics or I just watched cartoons on TV. And I remember this particular comic book catching my eye. And that was Amazing Spider-Man 298. And it's uh it was a cover with the uh, the, the black suited Spider-Man and he's fighting some guy named chance. I don't remember that character or villain, but I remember, I just remember being like, oh, I want that. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> my parents were like, Oh, okay. And then just like, and I remember taking it home. I, I remember like specifically, like reading it. I would sleep with it under my pillow. Wow. And like, yeah, no, I, I read it like both. Cause I mean, I didn't get comic. I, I It was like my first comic. So I read through it a few times, but I just remember the cover catching my eye and the fact that it was a black suited Spider-Man. Cause up to that point, I had never seen that. I I mean, I had my knowledge of Spider-Man was only the animated series, you know, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And that was it. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the the extent of that. And I remember reading that one, just feeling like, Whoa, this is like another like level of like, Spider-Man that I wasn't aware of, and, and and little did I know later on I find out that comic had a lot of importance in like just comic lore itself because it was like the first the first appearance of Venom it uh, was like a cameo appearance so it technically the first time Venom was ever on a, on a comic book mm-hmm. it was like Eddie Brock like shadow of a Venom in one of the panels and then it was the first Spider-Man issue that Todd McFarlane. Who later on goes on to become famous for Spider Man art. That mm-hmm. was his first issue, first art that he was uh, commissioned to do. Wow. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that book always stayed with me, even though, like, I think of it, it eventually got tossed. My mom threw it out or whatever. <laughs> it, was, it was like falling apart. Cause, yeah, like I told you, I would just yeah, carry it around with me everywhere, sleep with it, and whatever.
2: Yeah. And, uh, did you do what I did? Try to save it by putting tape on it and stuff. Is <laughs> it Philip? I
1: don't remember. I think I even <laughs> drew on it at one point. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was not too kind to it. I mean, especially I didn't know what you know, value on comic books. I was just whatever. But I've since have gone back and tried to buy it again. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's not it's not cheap. <laughs> it was, no, it's, not, no, it's not. It's, it's, I it's actually, not. Um, it's not seventy-five cents what my parents paid no. for when they got it for me at Woolworth. But what, I what, actually,
0: what issue was it?
1: Two
2: ninety-eight. Before, before three hundred.
1: It was like two, two. Yeah, two issues before like a, the big one, which was three hundred. The, the first major appearance of, of Venom.
2: the, the last Ronin, I actually bought both versions of it. I just love the book so much and I don't want to damage the book. So I did what Fredo did is bought a digital one.
0: So I have that copy of I, on it, on digital, of mm-hmm. the last Ronin. And I'm just going to, I'm eventually going to have to get it like physically and put it on my, on my shelf. I, cause I mean, for the most part, I don't get a chance to sit down and read an actual book. The, the easiest way for me to read stuff is like on my tablet, on my Kindle. All right. Like, uh, one book I wish I had on Kindle. Well, there's a couple books. And I have it. I have it. I own it. It's downstairs. It's awesome. Is it Meltdown? No, it's it's uh is... it's like it's still one... more recent. No, it's a little bit of an older book, but it's one where Wolverine uh is fighting like all these ninjas. I don't know if that narrows it down. When he I...
1: fights the hand, yeah. Wasn't there a? I think didn't Marvel have or do they have like a subscription base where you can?
2: They sometimes what they do is they put out some books, not all the books.
1: Oh, they're not all available.
2: No, they're not all available yet. But like I, I did it for a while and I wasn't happy because it was like I really want. I was really looking for one specifically. I'm into the the crossovers and Spider Man used to have was was famous for those, and there was one called Robin's. Um, sidekick something and i forgot what it was it was like they had Deathlock, moon knight spider-man and a couple other like superheroes like no-name superheroes and they were fighting this sidekick that turned cyborg by am aim they turned him into a cyborg it used to be like moon knight's sidekick or sidekick i think it was called sidekick robin And it was like um, they turned him into a cyborg and he was his revenge was to get back at Moon Knight and all these other superheroes and stuff. It was crazy. I sort of liked it because it went from Amazing Spider-Man, The Web of Spider-Man, The Spectacular Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man. And it was like it kept going through all four books. You know, it was like it would continue from this one to this one to this one.
1: You know what I've picked up recently that uh, also related to that book that I, the, that I mentioned my first? They're, they're, have you seen those? Uh, I, th- I think they're called Artisan Editions mm-hmm. of comic books.
0: I have not seen this.
1: There's these massive books, right? <laughs> they use the comic book page layout. They're pretty massive pages where they draw the panels, the mm-hmm. artists. <laughs> so I believe IDW Publishing They've been putting out these artisan versions where they take those comic book paper layouts, the Mm -hmm. massive sheets of paper, and they scan them and then print them on like one-by-one ratio. So like you get this massive book that's the actual uh, size of the...
0: Of the original drawings. uh, Of the original
1: Mm -hmm. drawings. They put out a Tom McFarlane Spider-Man works, and they have most of the the issues with venom and stuff and that the one that i mentioned the 298 that one's part of it. and it's cool to see like the inking and then the white out and, uh, and you can see all that on these huge massive books i really i I, ha- I have two of them i had the jim lee x-men one and i have the time of spider-man works wow. and uh yeah they're, they're awesome too
2: <laughs> but I, I, can't,
1: I can't store them in any bookshelf because they're like they take <laughs> They take they literally take two the space of like two like shelves yeah imagine like an actual comic book
2: it, it's like the size of a post a poster book yeah,
1: something yeah like yeah. that yeah the, I forget but what the are. what the size of comic book art 11 by books. 17 is it 11 by seventeen okay, so, 11 by
0: 17 is the size of the paper that you draw on
1: Okay. So, and they they printed it at the exact same size. So as you get the, there's no like adjustment on the dimensions. It's like one by one, the same frame. And yeah. you, it's cool to see all the like things that go into the art, like the, that you don't see, like the whiteouts and the, the taping of the logos on, on the frames and the titles. <laughs>
0: But wow. yeah, I got
1: I I got the Spider-Man one and I got the Jim Lee X-Men one.
0: There's a David Masachulis uh Daredevil Born Again artisan edition. And this mm. is cool. Is he wearing the black suit or the red suit? I can't tell because it's black and white. Oh. They're kind
1: of pricey too. I think the <laughs> That one's 40 bucks. <laughs> the McFarlane one is like 150, I think. <laughs> so they're mm. they're Jesus. not cheap, but yeah, they're awesome to look at.
0: I'm I'm like looking for them now, and I, there isn't there isn't very many of them. There I I see a Nick Fury agent of Shield Artisan edition edition. There's a Thor one. Yeah, there's this is so crazy, man. They got and one for crazy. Fantastic it's, Four.
1: It's crazy because back in the day, the artists, you know, McFarlane, Jim Lee. I remember them talking about like how they weren't really getting their dues. You know, they weren't getting paid. The you know for their art. So a lot of times they would take those original panels and just go to Comic-Cons and just sell it like for a few hundred bucks just to get recoup some money. And now like those pages are like worth. I I think they had like Shins at what's that big uh, auction house in New York. Yeah, they were like going for like thousands. (laughs) Wow.
2: Wow
1: iconic pages you know and these guys were selling them for a few hundred bucks back in the 90s because you know they were just trying to get paid any little way they could but yeah
2: yeah it's crazy but
1: yeah it's it's, it's amazing those books are
0: (laughs) are you talking about the uh in terms of auction are you talking about the blueberry the bloomsbury auction
1: what's the big auction house in new york
0: i'm i'm looking for some now there's swan auction galleries there's Sotheby's, Sol-
1: bees. Bees. Sotheby's. Sotheby's, okay, Sotheby's yeah, that, is that's on there. That's what I was thinking, but that, yeah, uh, I don't know of any specific option, like, of certain art, but I'm just, mean, I, in general, like, you know.
0: Dude, know they, a, they, they have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ab- Edition.
1: Oh. oh. You know that sketch that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird made of their first turtle? Like, he's he's tried to sell that off. I, do you remember comic book, man? Do you remember when Vaguely, he, yeah. that I remember yeah, that he, he brought that sheet of paper where the, the yeah, I was like, man, he still had it and it was all framed and he was asking for a million dollars. I was like, man, that's worth it. I mean, uh, it just what that one page spawned like an entire series of like cartoons, movies, and just like from one page, like the value of that one page. I mean,
0: well, I mean, there was, it was them fucking around. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that's my favorite story, my favorite success story. I mean, I have a few favorite success stories, but that one's one of my favorite. There were just kids hanging out, bullshitting in algebra class or something, and they were just sending this paper Uh, back and forth.
1: It uh, it was, no, it was like them chilling at Peter Laird's house.
0: Oh, was it? I thought it was like in class.
1: No, they were, uh, Kevin Eastman was already an artist, he was working on the heavy metal books oh was he yeah so he was already somewhat in the industry as an artist mm-hmm. and it was just him and and peter laird i don't know high getting high drinking beer <laughs> <laughs> trying to one-up each other on some yeah
0: exactly doing that the whole one-up thing and they were
1: yeah even the title the title itself teenage mutant ninja turtles it's It's one-upping each other. Yeah, It started as Ninja Turtles and then Mutant was added to one-up and then Teenage. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they got taken seriously. That's the crazy part, right?
1: He he got a loan from, I think, his uncle or something for like $3,000. So they printed one issue for like, I think they had enough for like a few hundred or a thousand maybe of that one first issue. They made an issue. They got a loan from like an uncle (laughs) and then uh, they just went on like comic conventions and and sold them. Wow. And then they, and and somehow like, yeah, people were like, uh, people from the different comic book shops where these books were ending up. Yeah. They were asking for more and more. And yeah, that's not it all.
0: Dude, 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 dude. That's so awesome. That's so fucking awesome.
1: Well, and then the major thing was like, yeah, once that cartoon hit, you know, when, the animated series, that's when it just blew up like crazy.
0: Yeah. You couldn't
1: escape You couldn't escape Ninja Turtles back in those days. Yeah. In the 90s.
0: No, they were so hot back then. Yeah. At least in the recent years, they've kind of rehashed and rehashed versions of this show. Just like they did with Spider-Man. It's like every few years, there's a new series of Turtles or a new series of, of Spider-Man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just keep remaking this stuff and telling the same stories in little different ways. but i mean there's i mean the turtles is just it's just an awesome story i like stories i like hearing those stories where people like started off little and small Mm -hmm. and then it just blew up because i mean you know it's they they give it gives people hope right like oh man maybe i can write something right i can pull something off
1: yeah Um, you don't need to be like a big company to make a successful comic book or something
0: well one punch is a perfect example of that
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: one punch man from my understanding is some dude i guess he was like a he was already working for the man in japan you know he's he's a salary guy. he's a salary man is the name he's just a, a dude who works at an office and so just being a cog in the system you know he got frustrated and needed an outlet and he started scribbling there were not even real drawings half the time
1: the original original art of one punch one punch man is very crude it's like very like it's almost stick figure
0: yeah it's yeah. almost nuts that's why he they draw him kind of stupid looking in some of the scenes in the animated
1: series because because manga was like that the manga <laughs> itself is drawn by somebody else
0: yeah after right. after it got attention somebody said well here let me redraw your stuff and he redid yeah. it and it just got crazier and it just got yeah, wilder and it, and it took off <laughs> but yeah dude that guy all he did was write a bunch of stupid shit, trying to be funny trying to be silly not taking it seriously threw it on the web next thing you know fucking dude's got an animated yeah. series with two seasons season and, three coming on it just
1: goes to show you you don't even really have to be able to draw.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you just need a good story.
1: Yeah. You know, a good true. idea.
0: A yeah, good idea. And it, it's a great idea.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And he barely, he barely could draw. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It's so crazy. I mean, the Ninja Turtles and stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, the the drawings are pretty crude. It, it leaves a lot to be desired.
0: But mm-hmm.
1: yeah. You can appreciate it now. Like looking back, you know, because of what yeah. the Turtles are now. But
0: so there's this uh, cartoon series that my daughter watches. It's called um, Tomo-chan is a girl. And Tomo-chan is a girl started as a Twitter thing.
1: Is this like an anime?
0: This is an anime. Okay. But like they started posting the panels for it on Twitter. Right. And it, I think it took them a while. It took them a few years before they got um, some kind of notice or whatever. I don't know if she's al- if this person's already an artist for this company or what but they took the panels uh, they, she would only he or she i don't know who it is i just know that they did this but this person they put four panels at a time on twitter it was just like one long panel and uh-huh. that would and then eventually they published that and they put it on a page but she i guess they finished the story or whatever and they well i guess the first the first season of this show that's animated is what's been on Twitter for, I don't know, a couple years now. Wow. It's possible, man. Yeah. Yeah. You can do this. If you have a comic book dream, you can make it happen. You can do it with Twitter and you can do it with your scribbles. Just have a good fucking story. Just be able to tell a good story and you can make something of it.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: I love that man. I love I love the Laird and Eastman story. I love this Tomo Chan story. I love the There's
1: There's a great series on uh, on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever you guys ever seen the the There's There's two. There's the toys that made us, and then
2: yeah. the
1: movies that made us, or the film. Right. That, or yeah, the movies that made it. Yeah, and they've done they've covered the turtles a few times, and they've touched on those stories. Yeah, wow, it is really cool. The Ninja Turtles movie episode was really good too. What it took to make that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wanted to make it. Nobody wanted to make it? No, it's mind blowing. Like the cartoon itself was already a huge hit. But (laughs) studios were still passing on it. They only were able to make it because they they got freaking Golden Harvest to fund the movie. Golden Harvest, the freaking the Hong Kong Chinese fucking Jackie Chan movies.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were
1: the ones who ended up making it.
0: That's the best people to make it anyway. You're yeah. gonna understand martial arts better than anybody, right?
1: Yeah, that movie ended up like I think it was like the highest grossing independent movie <laughs> up, up until like it was only being like later on by Blair Witch Project.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. so it
1: had it had like a good run of like yeah, 15 years where it was like the highest grossing independent movie. The freaking Ninja Turtles,
0: <laughs> dude. Do you remember going to Ninja Turtles? Like you guys, I mean, I waited in a long ass line to Dude, get in. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, I told you my story, right?
0: Yeah. 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 You like you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you cut in line or whatever. And yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, uh, one of my mom's friends or well, it was actually the, the landlady that the house or the apartment that we <laughs> lived at. She, she had kids too. And they were about our age and she was taking her older son or two boys to see the movie, and then she told my mom, "Oh, you know, you, you're, do your your equals want to come with this because we're you know everybody's talking about this movie." So yeah, I was like, "Yeah, okay, you know." And it was the opening weekend of the Ninja Turtles. We went over to Fort City back when the theater was like at the where the Marshalls is now, or like it wasn't part of like that. It was like a like it wasn't its own
2: separate theater. It was inside no, it the was mall. Like,
1: no, it was outside the mall, but it wasn't where it is it, now. It wasn't one of those like thinner plexus. It, it was still like uh, more theater. Like it still had like auditorium vibes to it. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, it,
0: was, it, was, it, was, it was like on the side where Sears was, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the other, yeah, on right the other side of, of Sears, the mall. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The the, so we went there and then, and then, there was a huge line. I remember the line <laughs> wrapped around Sears. Yeah. And then, uh, so we we get to the counter and then the lady, my mom's friend, was like, "Oh, you know, I want four tickets because there was four of us, so we had four tickets for the Ninja Turtles." She's like, "Oh, okay, you know, all these are sold out, sold out, sold out." So like, the, we had a the only one we had available was like three hours later from where we, we were. <laughs> she's like, "Okay, well, there's no other choice, okay." But then she, I remember she looked at the line and she's like, "Oh, I'm not sitting here." And we went, <laughs> she. She instead of waiting in line for us to go into the movie, those three hours, she's like oh no, let's go into the mall. And I remember, yeah, she was just shopping, and we we're <laughs> we were just following her and we were like oh we're gonna see the turtles or whatever. Mind you, I'm like ten or twelve, <laughs> and they got to the, closer to the time of the movie. And I remember, <laughs> yeah, we got back to the entrance, and yeah, there was this huge line. Yeah, when they started letting in people, and yeah, she. Kind of, we went to the front of the line. This line was messed. <laughs> I'm talking like two, three blocks. And she was just like, oh, no, we got our ticket. It says 5 p.m. And we're going in there. And then mm-hmm. the people were like, no, ma'am, you have to go to the back. No, 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 no. I'm going. Like, I- <laughs> And like, I remember someone trying to like uh, tell her she had to go back. And yeah. she just gave him like this mean look. The <laughs> person was just like, yeah, go right ahead.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. I am not going all the way back there. I already bought my ticket. I bought it three hours ago. And yeah, I'm going inside and there's nothing anybody can tell me. And I remember <laughs> just being like, what? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just with her. She just forced her way in there. And then <laughs> we went and sat down. She got her seats and then she didn't even watch the movie. She just like, okay, I'll pick you guys up in two hours um, and meet me here. And then, yeah uh, that's kind of awesome
0: all. though that lady fought for you guys to get in there
1: oh well, yeah she was first of all she was not going to wait in line for three hours you know she she went and shopped and then <laughs> and then when it came back she was not going to let anybody tell her that she couldn't get in when we had the tickets to like uh yeah well, for that time and then well, yeah
0: well good for her for thinking on like for herself because at the time i mean it was customary to just wait in line buy your ticket and then walk in. Right. So, but like there was never lines like that. I mean, it was,
1: it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was
0: turtles. Turtles did that. And Batman did that. I was just,
1: I remember Batman specifically because the house that I lived at, there was a drive-in theater. And I remember coming outside one day and dude, the traffic was backed up and it was because they had Batman. And I remember 31st street. You know, you know, yeah. by my house on Cicero on 31st. Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. they, I, that, that freaking backup on traffic on that street was crazy. It was just like a line <laughs> of cars that went for like miles. Cause where else were these cars supposed to like go? They were all trying to get in and then it was just like, nothing was moving. It was like yeah. this small little like uh, uh, street, you know, and it was just backed up with cars.
0: Well, there's that. <laughs> and then there's people who are actually trying to go someplace on Cicero. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so they, they get caught up in that line. But, man, what a crazy time. Yeah. So, Primo, man, give us another one. Give us another uh, comic book that influenced
2: you or that you loved. Uh, the one that I loved, love was it was a sleeper. No one. I loved it. I was into the Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol? Yeah. I loved the Doom Patrol. And same thing. It was like around that time, it was um, maybe a couple issues before Doomsday. I was like actually collecting it for a year and I was getting into, I was getting more into DC. You know, I get the crossovers with Superman and Batman, you know, but I was more into Doom Patrol. For me, they had their little main events on their line too. Like they had something called the invasion where supposedly all the aliens of the universe decided that humanity was a plague. Their thing was to wipe out humanity, but they were like, we can't, they have, Meta humans, you know that's their weapon against us. You know, and then Superman was like, "Oh, well, how can he betray his own kind?" He's Kryptonian. He's not even human. You know, he's the last of his kind. And then it was crazy. It was, it was a good book, but the Doom Patrol played a part in that as well. You know, all of DC decided to play a part in that. So there was there was a bunch of stuff I was like tripping on at the time because DC started throwing out some real good books like Zero Hour and crisis on infinity earth or infinite earths. Yeah. Yeah. that one. And then there was, um, man, there was a couple of other ones that I was really, really into.
1: But do you, how, like, do you guys have any stories when like the craziness, when the doomsday death of Superman dropped, like oh man. going to pick that up?
0: Yeah, dude. I, so like at the time I was in high school, when the death of Superman got released and I remember me and my friend Leonard like uh Uh, shout out
1: to leonard shout (laughs) out to leonard
0: um him and i we went over to a little uh newsstand that did a really good job of bringing in the comics and Mm -hmm. he would he would have like the latest comics and then like uh maybe two or three issues behind right so you can come in there and if you miss an issue you can pick up stuff and if you Wait, want
1: so is this like a newsstand like those old newsstands that it were was like a... in the corners yes <laughs> with magazines Whoa, yes. Wow. <laughs> yes
0: and I can't remember where it was exactly but it was close to the school I was going to so the high school I was going to downtown
1: to all, and... to all the young generation there was a time yeah. <laughs> where there was like these old men who had these little like, sh- the like sh- sheds or like makeshift little houses <laughs> and they were sell magazines from there, yeah. <laughs> he sold you magazines newspaper, yeah.
0: Yeah, you get your newspaper, you get your your magazine, you get your comic books, anything you want to read. He had maybe, it. Some,
1: s- snacks. maybe some snacks, maybe some snacks, maybe yeah, a, yeah. maybe
0: a, a you know, a, a a nudie magazine, uh, and yes, maybe uh, and some chewing gum,
2: maybe a, <laughs> maybe a drink of water, right? Some chips then, and, some, and some water, maybe yeah. no, not even water, it was good chips and candy tips
0: yeah and i don't even know if he had all that much because he was mostly comics and in this particular uh newsstand you can walk into it a little bit so like yeah it was big enough for maybe two people and i'm saying two people like one person actually standing inside and the other person like halfway in the door and halfway out the door (laughs) you know looking over your shoulder breathing on you while you're like trying to pick a book and he's kind of like come on you know so that guy, you could even place orders with him and he would hold your book. And if I remember correctly, my friend. Wow. Uh, so this
1: man had like a pool list, you know, like comic book shops have their pool lists where you, they pull and yeah. certain books for you. Yeah. He did that for <laughs> the people. He, for, for he was people. ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah.
0: He did that for people. And so then wow. this kid, uh, this kid I went with, you know, he, uh, I think he already had that with him. He had like stuff that he had pulled for him, but like, I remember going to that place and there was like, we were fighting for books, bro. Cause everybody and their mama were flocking to this guy. And we're like, hold up, man. You can't, you can't just give that book away to that kid. you never seen him before. You see us all the time. We're regulars. Come on. You can't, you can't just do that. And he's like, you should have just, you know, paid for it or whatever. And it's just like, dude, come on, man. Like we're here all the time. We, we come and get books all the time. I don't, I don't have a pool list with you. I don't, I don't know what they call it, but I am like, I don't have a list with you because I don't, always like get the same book. Right. But I'm here every week, you know, and he's like, all right. You know, I remember like arguing with him a little bit, you know, and getting my book and stuff. But uh, after a while, I I felt forced to go there now, you know, like he gave me the book, (laughs) he gave me the death of Superman. Uh I should give this, I should give this man some of my business like on a regular basis. And so I went, I went there for a while. You know, giving them money for 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 comics. So I have a question for both of you.
2: Yep. How much of an impact did that have on you? I
0: thought well, I was gonna they, get rich off of that book.
2: <laughs> I was saving <laughs> yeah. it, bro. The
1: the news media definitely made made it made it look like that. Uh, people were buying multiples. Like, yeah, like,
2: yeah. But that ruined like, it for everybody, though. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, that the, it for the exposure.
1: Everybody. I mean, it, it 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 definitely brought like DC into my eyes because I up to that point I wasn't a DC comic book anything. You mm-hmm. know, I would watch maybe cartoons, super friends, but that was the extent of like my DC knowledge and interest in DC, you know, heroes. But uh yeah, that book was like one of the first if it I believe the DC comics that I ever bought. And I got mine at at a flea market that there was a <laughs> was a guy who had a little comic book stand and uh at a flea market uh near nearby the house i used to live by and uh, he had he had a few of them i think initially i got a second printing though because the first issue or the fifth edition first printing had the black little baggie that it came in with the Mm -hmm. superman logo and uh yeah in blood
0: in blood yeah Yeah. blood I'm i'm trying to look up the price it's going to be yeah. so disappointing, bro. Don't do
1: that to yourself.
0: <laughs> okay. So the death of Superman, TBP or TPB, well, I don't even know what that means.
1: No, that's straight paperback. Okay. That's the, that's the compiled version of okay. like the issues. So you want to look at the actual issue. Let me see what the issue number was. Yeah. Like so, so I
2: actually, at the time I was with my girlfriend, I was with my daughter. She decided to buy two. She goes, one to read and one to save because it's going to be, it's going to mean something. And I was like, really? And I, me at the time, I really wasn't thinking about selling. I was just there to buy to to read. So you
0: somebody's know? trying to sell the Death of Superman newsstand version. That the
1: newsstand Sp- versions are uh, usually more expensive. The, the ones some the more, they're a little, hold a little more value because just of the nature of the newsstand because they were. Usually put in racks, so the mm. the condition usually is not the best. Because like the direct edition, usually those go straight to comic books, and they as soon as they open it, they bag it, and you know it preserves the
0: the, the book a little better. Know,
1: uh, yeah, a little better. Whereas the newsstands, they were just put in racks. People were touching them, and
0: yeah, so usually Reading those um, yeah
1: those don't hold up pretty much. But if you could get a good like quality version of a new stand usually those go for a little more
0: so according this guy's trying to sell one for 239 dollars. i don't think from what i'm looking at i don't think that's possible
1: yeah so superman issue 75 right that's what we're looking at yes number 75 yeah uh is it graded (laughs) because that one is graded okay yeah then, then yeah that is it a high grade, like 9.8 or 9.6 or something? That's
0: exactly what it is, 9.8. Yeah,
1: yeah. Then that's about the market value for that. You're paying about 50 to 100 bucks to get it graded. <laughs> so no, the va- like half, half of the value of it is just because they graded it.
2: Yeah. There were like
0: different versions of that comic book, Correct. They were, they were. I mean, I wouldn't know exactly because I never opened mine.
2: (laughs) Right. No, but I'm saying like the how it was presented. Like I know there was probably one with a there was a foil cover. Yeah, there was a foil cover. There was a foil
0: cover. Yeah, there was a foil cover. There was a white cover. There was a and there's the black cover that we're talking about. And then there's also just the straight up regular cover that wasn't in the bag that you can see like the flag or the Superman Mm -hmm. being waved in the air uh, like a flag.
2: All Right.
1: And it's funny. Since then, I have like, I have like five copies of that black baggy one that I couldn't get back in, <laughs> like when I wanted it as a kid. Like I remember, I went to like uh, this, like uh, it wasn't like a comic show, but it was like a comic. Uh, I don't know. They used to hold these shows where they were just like there was like massive, just books like the what they call them the the back the white boxes where they just fill with comic books the you know the long boxes or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a comic book store that was like going out of business. And I came across one white box that was just filled <laughs> with total black baggy like Superman. Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> but it was like mm-hmm. 10, 15 years after the fact. I'm sure a lot of people did what you, know, you did. And they thought they were going to get rich off of this comic book. And they, you know.
0: Well, you got to get it they, graded, they, like you're saying. They right?
1: hoarded it. They hoarded it. And then <laughs> they ended up in like. These freaking like you know thrift shops and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Ten fifteen years later. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It probably one one of those are probably mine. I I ended up getting rid of some. I think I only have one or two left. Yeah. You know. And I even got frustrated and was like, you know, well, this is silly. I I don't even know what this book looks like. <laughs> I've never opened it, and I opened it up, and it already had like a crease. You know, so I'm like, ah, this was useless anyway. Uh, okay. You know. And so Can I'm you, like,
2: Have you ever read it though?
0: I looked through it, but I never read it.
2: Oh
1: wow! So even back then, you never got to read the book. You just I never read it?
0: the book yet; I just bought it. Uh, wow! I just let somebody else tell me what happened. But I mean, you know, you died. Doomsday kicked this—you sh- know—kicked the crap out of them. You know.
1: I really enjoyed the like after that. I remember I, I still like bought a few of the after the death type of issues that came out afterwards. Figure what they were called. Uh, uh, the
2: one were, like, was called the. Uh... The Death of Superman, then the next book to follow was Funeral for a Friend. Funeral for and a Friend. I remember we, those. I had a few of those. One is the, the next one was The Reign of Superman. Yes, The Reign of, of Superman. I
1: remember I specifically, yeah, got all the four issues with the different covers of the different four Superman. Yeah.
0: I actually did that too, and but I don't even know what happened to those books. I actually, <laughs> yes, collected, I, I actually collected and read those books. but
1: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, that, I did the same, yeah.
2: I sort of like those that uh, how they introduced the four superman. One was the Eradicator, one was Steel, the one was Superboy, and the other one was the Cyborg Superman. Yeah. Who and it was it, none
1: and it was none of them, right? It was yeah. none <laughs> of them. None of them.
2: The, the only one that came close to being him was a clone and the Eradicator, but the Eradicator's job was to preserve the last Kryptonian. So that's why he took the mantle of Superman. Like I was convinced it was a Eradicator. I
0: was convinced yeah, Eradicator.
2: Everybody thought it was an Eradicator. The okay. clone they usually just explained that he was part of Candace and that he was a clone, but you can't clone Superman. So they had to like mess with his DNA a little bit, and he was part of like uh, he had like telekinesis. So that's why he was able to fly, but he couldn't. He couldn't fly at super speed. He had super strength because his mind would automatically lift whatever he was lifting as he was strong. Oh. When he would get hit, he would produce, unconsciously, he would produce like a shield around his body. So,
0: so you like faked his powers.
2: He wasn't like, like Superman faked, exactly. Right. right. That's why he was never able to project like X ray, uh, heat vision, X ray eyes, cold breath, none of that stuff. Hmm. Yeah, so
0: Just not to veer off topic But what do you guys think About the The movie version Of Doomsday
2: The uh, Snyder vs. Zack Snyder yeah. yeah It ended up being Who, who was it um, It was Zod? Uh, General Zod Who was brought back yeah. To life and mutated uh,
1: That whole story Deserved like It's own Like <sighs> To cram it into Like the last 25 minutes Of like and, uh, like that movie that, movie that, that particular movie. like Batman Superman I was like why
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that should be its own little movie like you said yeah
1: it, it should have been its own like like yeah spread out through maybe one or two maybe but mm-hmm. the yeah. way they just try to cram it like at the end of that Batman Superman it was already too much going on between Batman and Superman why like you could have just left Lex be the villain or you know, or just yeah, have why? them have them do deal with their turmoil, like figure that out, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't feeling the, the design itself too was okay, I guess. It kind of looked like doomsday.
0: The design didn't but... bother me too much. Yeah. I just didn't care for the story. Like yeah. I thought I thought they should have honored the story. He came out of space. We don't really know why or what and he was looking, he was like the alpha beast. He was just looking for the strongest thing so mm-hmm. that he can kill it and then like basically destroy the planet or rule it or whatever.
2: I actually got the book how it all started. There's, oh, yeah. there's, this, there's a side story where he's actually Krypto- Kryptonian. Yeah. He's a, oh, yeah, world, yeah, yeah. World kill, or a world killer I think is what right. they called it. And he was he was built to survive for like millions of years he's been cloned and thrown into this hostile environment to the point where he killed everything on that planet and mm. doesn't one solid one solid piece of mass no organs whatsoever they don't even know how it's even alive wow really it, it it's all one solid mass has no brain has nothing no mu- i mean no no organs no no brain nothing that doesn't make any sense that's not does it and the scientist was kryptonian yeah when he was old and he broke into the lab at that planet, and he's like he won't hurt us we're we're the same first thing he did was crush it yeah okay. <laughs> no crush that thing and i was like dude it was crazy and then he went to another planet and then they defeated him there because it was a energy based being and that's how he was defeated. And that's how it was in that in that prison suit. Because in their religion, they didn't believe in destroying a body. So they just buried buried, um, encased him in that armor suit and threw him in the space. I thought they, they put him in their armor because they couldn't kill him. No, it was like part of their thing that they don't they don't like bury their dead. They sent him in the space. I remember
1: like when he first came to Earth, he was in this cool full, yeah. full costume, green.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you see it, he has one hand tied behind his back. And that, yeah. was part of the, that was part of the casing. He was in prison. And then when he crash landed on Earth, which was a million freaking years ago, he woke up and started trying to bust out of the prison. Out of that little ship. So it was crazy. It was a crazy story. Then they ended up killing him by erasing him in time. Oh, they, Jesus. Really? Yeah. The, this, this character called Wave Rider from another event called Armageddon 2001. He traveled through time looking for this being that supposedly just killed every superhero in the future. And it ended up being a superhero from the past.
0: Holy shit. You are 100% right on the on the uh, anatomy of this monster. According to Burden, I guess one of the writers, uh, Doomsday has no internal organs. When sliced open, his insides seemed to, to be some sort of uniform, smooth, metal-like substance.
2: Mm-hmm. He couldn't be killed again the same way. So he adapts.
0: He also doesn't have any reproductive organs. Nothing.
2: But he can be cloned. That's this the fucked up part.
0: Fucking crazy. This is crazy. I First of all, uh, I can't believe you know this. And second, <laughs> I can't believe that
2: this is like the real thing. Well, I'm obsessed with. I was obsessed with Doomsday, Doomsday for a while. I wanted to know everything. Then when he came out with the. There was a three part book where he. He was captured by by apocalypse. No mm. follow. He went to Apocalypse and fucking took on Darkseid. And Dark Side got his ass whooped by Doomsday. <laughs> I like, like this he story. Thought, he, he thought he could beat him with his omega beams and he's like, done. It's over with. And then fucking Doomsday just jumps out of nowhere and like clocks him. Doom knocked his ass out. That cyborg is part of it too. Like the cyborg was leading it to different planets. The cyborg Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then Wave Rider gave um, Superman a, um, a Mother Box to, like, upgrade him to Doomsday's level. What? He's like, oh, Wave Rider, has, um, Wave Rider said to Superman, oh, the Mother Box has, upde- has upgraded you to Doomsday's next level. And it didn't because he ended up breaking his arm and stuff. So like, the only way to kill him is to erase him from time. So we're going to teleport to the end of time where nothing can escape and like they were fighting and they threw him in there and he was ended up just being erased because there's nothing to fight it was crazy then he ends up showing up again which is crazy too (laughs) well I mean he can evolve right he has the power of evolution Brainiac actually brought him back Yeah, what a dick (laughs) like at the very end of him being wiped out he pulled him out of there Without anybody knowing, and he thought he could control him. Why? Why would, you, yeah.
0: why would you want to fuck with something like that? Nobody else could handle him. Yeah, you somehow think that you could Of course, it's Brainiac who would think this, right? Right.
2: And, and then that storyline, he possessed, Brainiac possessed Doomsday. Oh, he did? And he, and he took on the Justice League and wiped him out, but he needed a new body because the, uh, Doomsday was evolving and was kicking him out. <laughs> like, I, can't, I, can't, I can't control this body anymore I have to, I have to create another body I have to create a human What's the body. name of this book? The one with um, Brainiac the, 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 one, the one you're talking about right now Is this one book? It's a, it's a trade paperback, yeah It's one of those uh, stories Lana Lane was having a baby uh-huh. And they found out that the baby was sick And he called on Clark And Clark said, they said, oh I need your help And he goes, oh, I'll do everything you can I was like, no, I don't need your help I need the other one's help Like she already knew he was Superman and (laughs) he needed to transport the baby to a, to a facility in a couple of, in a couple of hours. And there was no way of transporting the kid without him being in danger. So I'm trying to look for this book. What is this book? uh, Just put type in doomsday brainiac brainiac possessing doomsday. All right. I'll do that. Brainiac. I mean, DC has some real decent stories. You know, the problem is, is like, People are more obsessed with with Marvel. Like, there's like the night the Nightfall series was one of them. Um, the Darkest Night with the Green Lantern Corps. I have those books. Blackman. I have the hardcover books. Yeah, I actually me too. bought the hardcover books. and Then there was like, uh, what's it called? Death Metal. When they go and find out that there's like multiple versions of Superman of Batman that are evil. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my great, one of my best stories. I sort of like that.
1: I'm one of those people. I mean, I, <laughs> I did, I, I never really got into DC, but the uh, the one that really got me, and I, and I think I was going back and forth with you, Edgar, at that time when I was reading it. It was the when Flashpoint came out, when that yeah. series came out. Oh. That was crazy. Like, <laughs> I actually okay, read. Now,
2: you, that, you guys I, read it, right? So yeah, where it. where do I start for that? Is there I, there's the original Flashpoint? When did that start? You can just start right with Flashpoint.
1: No, no, no. The story starts like there's like a maybe five issues of Flash okay. right before Flashpoint starts.
2: Okay. There's
1: like, uh, there was a little bit of backstory, I think, with Reverse Flash that they touch on the final five issues or like for five issues before Flashpoint uh, kicks <laughs> off during the Flash series itself. So it really starts with Flash. And then it leads into Flashpoint. But then I remember <laughs> I went crazy with that one. I I actually read all the tie-ins. Uh, I read like 300 wow. issues of like comics. What? I remember, and I, don't you? I was telling you, like yeah. the whole time I was reading, yeah. I was telling you, I was like, oh man, I, this is what's going on. I I remember I remember.
0: I remember you telling me about the 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 Batman version of all this Where
1: Yeah, the Batman. And then there was like the Wonder Woman stuff that was going Mm -hmm. on. And with Aquaman and they were like full full on war. Like the animated series kind of touched on that. And like, but it was like a full on war between the two sides. Like the Atlanteans.
0: I couldn't get into the Atlanteans and the, the Themyscirans war. I okay. couldn't get into it. I only liked the bat stuff because that story that was, was super that compelling. That was crazy. That yeah. one,
1: that one, that one. <laughs> I have I the hardcover someplace. It. That one was crazy. I, I was not expecting that. And, and that Batman itself was so badass. The Thomas Wayne version of, right. of Batman. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. I like that Thomas Wayne. But I,
1: yeah, I, re- I read even the, the what's the gorilla?
2: <laughs> gorilla Grodd? Grilla, Grott. Yeah,
1: great. There was like a series with him. <laughs> I read all of those. Wow, oh, they even all, didn't I was, was, yeah, wow. They, they, the super villains as well. Everything that had anything to do with DC had a tie in to that event. Well, and, yeah, and that's I'm,
2: that's why I wanted to know where to start because there was like they said every DC comic was involved.
1: Yeah, with it, this flashpoint
2: till to, to flashpoint. Was,
1: yeah, if you want to get the the mainland story of like just flashpoint, then yeah, you can just read the flashpoint issues. But yeah, if you want to get you really in, immerse yourself into it, yeah, there's like yeah, I, I think it was like over 300 issues of shit that you can Right, see. it was like every kind of it, it was involved. Yeah, it. everything yeah. was involved, yeah. And I remember just going in deep. Yeah. But yeah, dude. the ones that stick out, yeah, was the Batman and mm-hmm. uh the Wonder Woman and uh Aquaman stuff.
2: So was this all pre to the Flashpoint, or is that part of Flashpoint?
1: That's all going on during flashpoint
2: okay all
1: right so it's all the stuff that's happening while the main story of flashpoint is happening like you know because you can't really cover you know all what's going on in all the different areas of the world
2: now let me ask you this 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 question i know edgar has something to say but before we we get into that did you guys ever get to that crossover between dc and marvel
1: the the 90s ones
2: yeah yeah go ahead
1: the ones that brought us like the <laughs> those characters that were like a fusion of the two. Yeah. The Batman Wolverine looking guy, yeah. and then.
2: <laughs> I bought a couple issues. I was just yeah. like, eh. "I actually bought the the trade paperback, and I didn't know what it continued after they separated." There's actually some other books it's, that were involved with that.
1: Yeah, it's got its own like num or the universe itself for where those characters exist have their right. own.
2: I Number hope they bring that, that, that one Spider-Man into that Spider-Verse movie, because that Spider-Man was um, like a
1: Superboy um, Spider-Man. Like or a Superboy
2: Spider-Man, yeah. Superboy, so it was a clone. Using? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I sort of, so, I sort of like that, that stuff. That was kind of I, crazy. I imagine
1: that would be hard because I don't know DC would. I, I think that they would have ownership. Maybe they I, do have
2: ownership. That, they have that ownership
1: think. of that character. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was like a collaboration. But, yeah, I don't know. They've, From what I've seen, they have never done anything else with those characters. And I don't um, think they've ever.
2: They just wanted to prove who was the better comic book. Who was the better characters? That's what it was. And we had a vote on that. Yeah, yeah, like, right.
1: I was gonna say that. Didn't we have to vote? I'm like, yeah.
2: We vote I voted. I voted. I went to the comic book convention and there was I mean not comic book, I went to the comic book store and there were like people were in line. I said, What's this for? This is oh, this is for the voting. Voting for what? I'm like, man, fuck, I don't give a shit about the president. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this is to decide who wins Marvel DC. You pick your favorite character to win and stuff like that. And I was like, What? I think the guy, they, they, the guy the guy explained it to me and I'm like for real, and they're like yeah, here's the book. I'm like fuck. It, let me get that book. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, I remember. Like, uh, I think it was Wizard Magazine. I used to pick up those issues. And- oh yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I found that. But I think they had done that prior, though. DC had done that with uh, Death in the Family a series with Batman right. when mm-hmm. they, when they left it up to the audience whether Batman lives or
2: die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Robin. 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 Yeah. 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 Mother they did that Thunder. with the movie too. They also did
0: that with the movie. Dude, check this really? out. OK, so this is part of like the going back to the Doomsday stuff that you were talking about with Brainiac. Yeah, I've never heard this shit before. This is fantastic. So I just found that Doomsday, it's part of the Doomsday Wars. Right. It says here, Doomsday returned to yet again in the miniseries, the Doomsday War in the series. Pryn Vanak, an underling of Brainiac, uses technology to travel to the end of time to retrieve Doomsday to combine the beast's massive power with Brainiac's formidable intellect, after Brainiac's original body was badly injured in his uh, last fight with Superman. So this is this is on the Wikipedia on the Wikipedia entry for Doomsday underscore DC underscore Comics.
2: Right, and at that time Brainiac was human. That's how he got fucked up. I don't know. I don't. I,
1: this he is, was he
2: was organic. I want this. <laughs> but you have to get the other one too though i
0: I just want this i don't want to get any more shit i just want this uh shit there's so much shit to read but
1: you still have to read that one book that we were supposed to talk about today exactly exactly (laughs) so i don't need
0: any more shit (laughs) it's bad enough that you want me you got me to fucking want this uh let's see dooms. i'm gonna see how much it is dooms
2: well what's it called i forgot i i have a war is that what it is? Doomsday war? Yeah. Okay. Now going back
1: to some mechanic, uh, issues. Did how uh, did you guys also pick up a uh, bunch of the, the first X-Men X-Men number one, the one that uh, fold out that oh, cover the three-part, the, oh.
2: the three-cover three book? When they yeah, kind of the,
0: rebutted the, the numbers and stuff, when they yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, with yeah. time, it was like, uh, what was it? Are you talking about like the apocalypse stuff?
2: No, no, no. When oh, X-Men... No. X Men, Marvel came out with an X-Men book. It just said X-Men. X-Men. Yeah, and when it they broke both, off
1: from Uncanny... And, it, it was like two teams. There was like a blue and yellow and team. And a gold team. Yeah, gold a team. blue yeah.
2: team and a blue team. And then... And Xavier split the team up. And one team was gold, which was the X-Men. And then there was the blue team, which is the Uncanny X-Men.
1: Yeah, and that was the... Yeah, it's still, I think, the highest... The highest selling comic book of all time is still like the number one
2: mm-hmm.
1: to this day. Yeah. It's wow. sold the most. Yeah. It was like a fold out cover, and then you could yep. buy the individual parts of that cover. And there was the, fo- the
2: poster. Yeah. The, the poster. poster the, that, the poster of the, of the, the whole fold out with Magneto at the end. Yeah. At the, at the end. Yeah.
0: It just says Doomsday Wars one, two, and three. this. Oh, all it's it says. Oh,
2: it, it was a three part book. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's
0: oh, okay. So hold on. Uh, you know what there is a little bit of a title book to life so I don't know I would have to like click into each one to figure out what the names are
2: but, no they were all they were all three books and they were all uh, there, it's, it's one called the uh, um, Doomsday War that's what it's called well they're all Doomsday's War
0: they're all right. they all say Doomsday it's Superman Doomsday War Wars right. I'm sorry and the first one is birth the second one is life the last one is death is the last one death uh yes you're right the last one is death this fucking guy dude if they ever had like one of those like trivia shows and it was all about comics <laughs> you need to be on that motherfucker <laughs>
2: that's you know I'm gonna make my millions and shit. that's how you're gonna make millions dude. You're, gonna, you're gonna be
0: that you're gonna be that one cat
2: that's there be, every it'll, week it'll be it'll be me against um what's his name um Kevin Smith uh Kevin Smith yeah. can you beat kevin smith that's the name of the show <laughs> that's the name of the show
0: dude yeah. can you do you know more about comics than kevin smith
2: yeah can you beat kevin smith that's that's the name of the show <laughs> i would like i would
0: like to think that you can give kevin smith a run for his money because he, I, he I thinks so too he can't know everything no no but i know i would lose after what the first round <laughs> no nah, dude i think you'd be able to hang in there man i think you'd, you'd yeah. i think you'd give him a good run for his money Fuck, bro. This is crazy, man. I can't believe this. This <laughs>
1: You're still discovering
2: stuff even after the fact. Huh? I didn't even yeah. know this
0: book existed. This is fantastic, man. I, I, I told
2: you, like, it's like I, I got obsessed with Doomsday. Like, the one man that actually, the one thing that was able to defeat Superman. And I wasn't a Superman fan. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he got killed, like, oh, you know, because DC, they, they, When you say DC, everyone says the three, the three major ones, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's the Trinity.
2: That's the Trinity right there. So when I was like, man, DC is doing something crazy. They are killing off one of their headliners. And I was like, I got it. I got to get into this. I got to know what it is about. Then like the comic books I started getting into, like when doomsday, when the first comic book came out, I'm not gonna lie to you. I ran to almost every comic book shop to get some issues before that one, to see where he came from. And they, all you see at the end of the, like, uh, the adventures of Superman, action comics, uh, the Man of Steel, and then Superman, they all had a little, like, a little bit of what was going on with Doomsday. All you see is the hand hitting the wall. Boom, boom, boom. And then at the last one, when Superman came out, you see where he broke free. And that was it. And then it said, Doomsday is here. That's exactly how the comic book started. So I have to say, like, that is definitely one of the most iconic
0: moments in comic book history, right? C- that, that correct. That Superman. So, like, why do you think it was so important? Like, I mean, yes, he's an iconic hero, but what does that stand for? You know, like, like, I mean, Clark Kent, Superman, he is he he's he's an immigrant you know he's got he's got a a, an american name he's got an english name and he's got a kryptonian name kind of like how the chinese name people they have their their american name and then they have their little chinese name my wife has a chinese name you know and and so it's just like there's some similarities with just in terms of his him being an immigrant, being raised in the United States, in the farmland, in, in the heart, in the heart of America. Mm-hmm. And then he dies. Right. Right.
2: right. Saving the world. Like, but but let me let me point out one thing, though, when his immigrant I want to say immigrant status, which is bullshit, though, didn't really come into light until the rebirth. Because even in the comic books, he denied he was, he says, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, my alien name is Kal, but I am Clark, I'm Clark Kent. But later on he started changing it. Well, you see my secret identity is, um, you know, my, my disguise is or he would say, was it, I'm really Superman. Clark Kent is my disguise, Yeah, mm-hmm. not the other way around. My secret identity is not this, it's that. Or, okay? or kal is his real right. identity. Right, is real identity, and Clark Kent is my alter ego. Yeah, you know, and and
0: nothing will ever beat Quentin Tarantino's description of what who Superman is. Nothing will ever beat his description because it came out of the words of David Carradine in Kill Bill, where he was describing, you know, who Superman was and his comparison between Superman and uh, Beatrice. Right, he mm-hmm. said. He said, you're like Superman, you know, you, you're really superhuman. You really are this incredible person, but you dumb yourself down because that's your perception of everybody else. That's what you see in everybody else. You think that's what people are, are like, so you make yourself, you know, weaker so that you can blend in, but you're really much more than that. I mean, I'm not doing it any justice. If you want to, if you want to, like, <laughs> no,
1: that's, that's a great scene. Yeah, but yeah. David, yeah. David Carradine. <laughs> David,
0: David, delivered by David Carradine, yeah, written yeah, by was, Tarantino. It, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it awesome. yeah. It
0: was awesome. It was awesome. And when I heard that, <laughs> yeah. it blew my fucking mind because how many people in the world are like Beatrice, right? They're walking around like normal people, but they're fucking, really, if you fuck with these people, they will fucking put you in the ground like Superman, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm but they're just walking among us. They're just normal people. Right. I don't you're know, right. man. I, I think so. Like that whole, his disguise thing. Uh, you're right. I mean, just like you're saying, just like Tarantino's saying, you know, uh, Superman is really, he, he's perceives us as weak. And so he makes, he takes on a weak persona to, to blend in. And one of the more interesting uh, little factoids that I picked up recently was Christopher Reeve, when he played Superman, there was a scene or two where he re- revealed himself to Lois, right? And as he's doing this, he's hunched over and he's got his glasses on, right? And then he takes off his glasses and straightens up his posture. And just him doing that, no special effects. Mm-hmm. They didn't have special. I mean, they had very crude special effects back then, but he was able to like prop himself up, Right. And then all of a sudden you see, you see this, he's, he's like a foot taller almost. Right. He like grew in the frame. It's amazing that I don't know where he got that direction. I don't know if he came up with it himself, Christopher Reeve, or if he got, you know, if, if it came from the director, wherever he got that, it was genius because his posture, posture means a lot too. Like posture does things for you. Like if you straighten out your posture, it increases testosterone. You know, if you're hunched over, you're going to lose some of that. You're going to lose some of that. So
1: even at at a scientific level, it it also means there's different nations and strength as well. Yeah, it
0: projects strength and it means strength and it does things for the human body even. Uh, to tap into that let me
1: let me fix my (laughs) car i'm
0: gonna boost my testosterone (laughs) by the time this podcast is over i'm gonna have a full-on beard yeah (laughs) i want my
1: voice to project strength now
0: (laughs) just just talk closer to the speaker just just go down in the lower
1: octaves Yeah. yeah Thankfully, yeah. this is not like a, a video podcast. <laughs> oh, <hold laughs> on. I'm, I'm gonna put it on YouTube now. <laughs> <laughs> I was all hunched over for the for most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because you start, you're
0: trying to you're trying to blend in with the rest of us. that's all. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just being comfortable. But then you start talking about posture and how it means strength.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Like, but, I mean, but you're does...
1: right. I mean, actors they take all that into consideration. Like a great a uh, performance by an actor like i think i think that it's not coincidental yeah yeah it's it's, it's on purpose like yeah.
0: Christopher Reeve and and just the way he he performed the character and and his take on it was just so perfect
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean uh nothing to take away from henry cavill but I, I and as cheesy as christopher reeve's superman was there was a goodness to it there was a charm to him he was charismatic you know
1: I think the original at least the original film still holds up even even with the datedness of it and like if you, you were to watch it, I think that wholesomeness of like that Superman story and his performance, it still holds up. I mean Yeah.
0: I've watched it recently.
1: Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Mean?
0: Yeah. I enjoyed it. It did it did drag a little bit. The pacing is a little different mm-hmm. nowadays than it is back then. Just to kind of wrap it up here, because we've been on here for a couple hours now. What do you think these comics had such an influence on us?
1: Well, for me, yeah. I for mean, you, I, Why do you go first, the, Fredo? The biggest one is just the art in general. I mean, I started pick drawing more, and well it. I mean, it was during a time when the art itself was pushed through the comic book uh, industry. They were like really showcasing some outstanding art, and that's yeah. basically what led me to see what was in the in these stories was what they were showcasing on the cover so and that's what led me to draw more and i mean i still have issues covers that i still go back to you know reference and stuff like that
2: what about you primo well the truth is for me it was my way to escape like like i i would use it to like just be somewhere else than where I was at the point. You know, I mean, I did love the art, you know, because we all drew, all of us, all three of us, when we were young, we were all trying to be artists or draw our favorite characters and stuff. But for me, it was like a way, a way out. I, I to this day, I still read. And I still think of myself as a kid, like, the I, you know, I want claws, you know, I want, to, I want to live forever, you know? But um, it was a, an escape for me for like into a fantasy world where it was fun to be in, you know, be part of that world. It was, it was great for me. that's why I was so into it at at the point, you know, at first, I don't know if I ever told you guys, but it was my, I have like, I had dyslexia. I still, I mean, I still mess with it and I still have time hard time reading sometimes, but that was my way of focusing my reading. Cause that's what my teacher suggested, you know, Hey, you know, read a book focus you know that, that will help you from to learn how to focus this disability you know and then you know i was like she said get a comic book you know so i was all right fine i'll get a comic book and at the time i wasn't into any of that stuff you know but then you know that one cover just i was like wow who is that you know i want to read i want to read more And that's my worst, that's where my love came from, but it was a way out of like, of the situation I was in. And I'm not saying it was a bad situation. It was just like, you know, things were going in our, things weren't going our way, you know, how we were on hard times and common books were cheap at the time, 50 50 cents to 75 cents each. I remember buying a book for 25. Yeah. Well,
0: no, that, I don't remember about that. But I, I, remember, I remember 25. <laughs> and, I remember 25. I remember 25 and remember 50. And I remember, yeah. And then it slowly grew. And then next thing you know, I'm like three dollars. Fuck
1: you. you, know? you know,
2: it's like yeah, 20 bucks for one issue. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You're paying a dollar a page. You know, you know but but,
1: this this last Ronin one. Yeah. Look look at how much. What is it? dollars Eight ninety nine for one issue. What? Yeah. Is <laughs> that the whole
2: thing? That's just no, that's one issue. That's the first this issue. This one here was 26 when it first came out. And I waited for this book. Yeah. But it's the whole book. But, yeah, that's this the whole is just book plus, plus some artwork and a, and a, a letter yeah. t- that Eastman wrote for for the the guy who passed away his partner who passed away. That's nuts. Yeah. So this now you you can buy the book for 20 bucks. Yeah. On Amazon. But I mean I I like this. I love this hardcover stuff. So, but the main no, books themselves—that's the I, reason yeah. why I stopped. I was like, man, it's like nine dollars <laughs> for for a comic. Yeah, bag?
1: that one I, I I hadn't bought books in a while because I just do all, everything digitally. But I was like, no, I want to have these issues, and yeah, that price. And then I went all out and I got like variant covers. I'll show you some of them. <laughs> yeah, and I had to pay up for those because those are like like special like this is yeah. still issue one, but this is like some other artist variant some yeah. Korean they, artists they came
2: out like they came out like multiple covers for them yeah, for the number yeah, so one I, book wow but yeah
1: they're like nine bucks ten bucks
2: yeah. like so, there. this is my this is my favorite cover I don't know if you, you guys seen this one but this one did you get did you get this cover because I I think this is phenomenal wow. oh no no I didn't I don't yeah that no. one's from um Ben Bishop oh wow yeah that that one there was like it's a turtle but you don't know who it is and he has all four of the bandanas on there with all four weapons. And I was like, what? That is a nice one. That I wish is, I could find... A, a, it's a nice cover. It's a nice that, cover. That is so sad, man. It is. It is sad. Yeah. Which so, we will leave for next week. Yeah, we'll will, we will <laughs> talk about that next week.
0: So, at, at, you know, for me, uh, what comics meant to me was... Uh, it, you know, one of the characters I, I gravitated to uh, was Spider-Man, and and Wolverine. Those are two of the characters I really, really gravitated to. I mean, I liked all the X Men. I thought they were all cool. Um I mean, especially in our in our time, you know, the cast of X Men, we had Wolverine, we had uh Cyclops, Jean Grey, Colossus, Shadow Cat, uh, you know, Nightcrawler. You had all these amazing characters, right? You had you had uh what's the name of the Cajun guy? Um, Gambit. G- gambit rogue storm, storm rogue
2: jubilee boom boom i mean you had, no you had jubilee and then you had like this when i started picking it up it was dazzler psylocke rogue wolverine colossus mm-hmm. havoc oh yeah havoc was part of the team and right. um I want to say...
0: Angel was, like, hanging around here and there, but then... Well, he was it,
2: with X-Factor at the time.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. because of all the mutation or whatever in an Apocalypse right. and whatnot.
2: Like but but I mean, what,
1: what, what was it about Wolverine that, that like, called to you or, like...
0: So, with Wolverine, it was cool to see someone take a beating and just keep getting up, mm. you know? Mm. And, and it was just... It was because he could take a beating, right? But, you know should hurt right it's things things still hurt but he still got up and he always was confident that you know he would be able to heal right and he had that metal skeleton right so he can take a beating and I love seeing him the smaller guy take on these big people right because I mean he he fought he fought Captain America he fought the Hulk he fought all these big characters all these strong characters and he hung in there with them, right? I think it was that whole idea of like, you know, just he's also
1: off. a character that's very like he always lets his more animal instinct come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When when yeah when like yeah most of us would you know <laughs> yeah, he had, he, had, he always had that rage side of him that's like
0: yeah that's what I was gonna say that, that rage side of him I guess I identified him with I identified with him at least with the rage.
1: Because I mean, throughout throughout uh, the time that I've known you, I mean, you always go back to Wolverine. Where and whenever we like, uh, even in video games, and <laughs> you always pick Wolverine.
0: <laughs> I and love I like, Wolverine. I
1: always wonder, like, yeah, like, what was it about Wolverine that appealed to you?
0: It, it's that that uh, dark hero, right? Yeah.
1: He also has one of the the best like like origins too, like because yeah. he's been around for so long. So there's like ages and ages of story with that character. Yeah. Oh, yeah you know he's been like ancient Japan and he's fought in World War II and yeah. I, th-
0: I think the other thing too that I like about him is that he uh you can't really control that guy no. you know mm. he he will do what you say maybe and there's a few people he respects you know Charles Xavier being one of them but he fucking couldn't stand Scott Summers, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't take any bullshit and I think that was part of what I liked about him. Is that he wouldn't take any bullshit and he could take a beating and he keep getting up and there's no killing that guy and and not even not even aliens can invade his body. He just shrug it off like a infection. You yeah. know? I I think yeah. as as vulnerable as he seemed to be, you know, he he was so strong, right? And I think that's what I wanted right i wanted to be strong i wanted to to attain uh to to have that ability to just take a beating be strong and if someone told me something and i didn't like it i didn't have to fucking go with it right i could do whatever i want so like that's what he meant for me and i think spider-man really appealed to me and it started more when uh he started wearing the black suit Mm. so again uh, that dark side right but then he came back and he and he and he became the good Spider-Man. he just looked
1: so badass too in that black suit
0: that suit was so badass
1: yeah with the spider just the like the little legs just how it looked on this chest yeah I can't
0: wait to, to for them to do that on on live action man I can't with
1: Tom, wait with, with uh this guy Tom Holland you
0: mean? Tom Holland hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah so like I think the other thing that I uh, with him uh he had this dark streak and he became a good guy again right he he shrugged off that evil suit and said no this is not who i am
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and chose the path that he was on that he wants to be on and he always had trouble with girls
1: and that suit i remember like it gave him all that confidence like with yeah. girls and uh, like yeah
0: yeah yeah and but it wasn't it, it
1: wasn't him it wasn't it, who
0: he, yeah yeah it wasn't real yeah so like when, as soon as that suit was gone you know he was back to being a normal person and even as as spider-man right he was weaker right because the suit gave him a little boost in his strength and other mm-hmm. other abilities right but I mean I think what what I look for comic books and why I like these characters is uh some of these people are special and some of these people are made special right mm-hmm. some of these people are, are, are chosen and some people are born this way right you know I like Superman don't get me wrong He's, he is still one of my favorite characters but Wolverine will always be Wolverine and Spider-Man because they could easily choose to be something else Wolverine is teetering on the side of good and evil he can at any point say "fuck it and just be a bad guy and I wouldn't be surprised you know and, and Spider-Man, he's like a real kid with real problems and he still has to deal with all his real life stuff. But then like, he's got this extra responsibility he's got to take care of. Right. Uh, I, I think that's, uh, it's all those things like, cause he had a lot of, it's like Spider-Man had a lot of drama, you know, but I right. really liked it when Spider-Man, uh, got with Mary Jane and I'm like, wow, he's got a girlfriend, you know, <laughs> Spider-Man mm-hmm. can get a girlfriend, you know? I, there was just so much cool stuff uh, about that and, and that's those are the pieces that i related to um superman is kind of hard to relate to although there is that immigrant side i like seeing that i wish they would play that more up you know i think they're going to do that with supergirl in in that supergirl movie that people keep talking about right. you know that will be interesting to see you know her coming in as an immigrant having an accent that would be interesting What if supergirl has an accent i mean she should there was a Supergirl run where she did have a little bit of an accent, and people were like, "What's up with the way you're speaking? What language are you speaking?" You know, and she had a little bit of a, control, a Kryptonian accent, which makes sense because she was a teenager when that place blew up and mm-hmm. got stuck in, you know, that negative zone or whatever the oh, hell.
1: So she's older than Clark or Kell.
0: She is older. Like, yeah, Kyle L was a baby. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, was and she than- was, a, and she was a teenager when krypton blew up oh wow yeah and part of the story was that she was going to go to krypton to kind of watch over kal
1: because i've always i thought yeah the the shows and the movies they've always played it where he was the older cousin no
0: well because she ends up getting stuck in some kind of stasis uh, okay. so mm-hmm. the story is always that she gets stuck in some kind of anime um um what is it animated suspension suspension and
2: uh Suspense animation
0: yeah yeah that that word. <laughs> <laughs> she gets she gets stuck like that at that age. She is older than uh, than Cal, even though she is still fifteen or sixteen or whatever age she's going to be. They, I think, are doing those two characters a disservice by not pushing up the immigrant uh, the immigrant side of them a little more. I mean, Cal L, not really, you know, because he's he is American right he never really spent any time on krypton he was a baby right um supergirl you know kara Car- she actually spent time living on the, on that planet
1: but even even just on that like you know, touching on that like there's like a generation of us who are from of parents of immigrants who were like born in this country but yet still have that culture and yet but yet we're American, American. Yeah, and that and that's something that they could probably touch on too. Just that that side of it, where it's like you're you're an immigrant, based on you know the fact that your parents were immigrants, and you you hold that culture, and but yet you're you're born here. You you for the most most of the time, like people speak the language more than their your mother tongue of their parents
0: well let me put it to you this way my mom has been in this country since she was like 15 16 years old uh-huh. she still speaks with an, uh, an accent in english she can barely speak english sometimes she still speaks spanish she lives in in these uh latin neighborhoods she doesn't really need to speak english like Kara should be like that Kara should should be stuck with a heavy accent, a heavy Kryptonian accent. (laughs) And she should be like struggling with words in English. You know, the other, the funny thing too, is, is like some of the stuff that they do is the Superman has super fast learning, whatever. He can learn something really fast. Oh, I possibly, (laughs) yeah. It's one of his like extras, you know, Like, like, I believe flash has something similar. So like they could, they should do that with Supergirl. But anyway, um, they're, they they just they're missing they're missing an aspect I think that some of the writers may not have a perspective on and that's something that should be absolutely played on a but little it, more
1: it's interesting because I, I think marvel during that time they tapped into that more and i think that's why i always leaned it, leaned more on their the side of their characters I always they always appealed to me more cuz they mm. always try to ground their characters more on what was going on in real life mm which for the most part is why I like the most. And DC always just seemed more like out there and fantasy and I really couldn't it, it, it didn't like draw me in or appeal to me.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, uh again, not not to keep going on, on Supergirl, but Supergirl, uh she's a teenager. Imagine moving, like moving at that age. You go to a new high school, you go to a new no, town, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you lose yeah. all that stuff
1: like and, I, and i'm sure we've all experienced that as well like yeah mm-hmm. you making you have to make new friends relearn like your geography like how to get to places yeah. and yeah. yeah
0: and not only that but in and in her case there's a whole language barrier too mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so now
0: she's gotta not only deal with all this extra loss because people died on her but she also has to deal with the fact that she she's struggling with the language all right. and, and, I, and I mean, I'm sure all of us have seen these kids come in from 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 Mexico in our classes when we were kids and they had the hardest time and they, you know, either someone gave them an olive branch and and brought them into their crew or they got fucking murdered. Right. They got picked on like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's no reason. Supergirl should not go through some of these experiences as well. But anyway, um, uh, thanks so much, guys. I know we <laughs> rattled on, on, and on. This is a we good. Got
1: it, we got pretty deep there at the end. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, I mean,
0: there's a reason why these stories call to us, yeah. right? Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, uh, you know, uh, as we're going through these stories, you have to think, why? Why do I like these stories so much? Yeah. You know? That's true. And I've always been a super big fan of Wolverine.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. I've always, yeah. Uh, I, I see a little Wolverine in you. See, uh, yeah. see, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my muscles, right? I don't think I, I. Luckily, I've never gotten to see that berserker side <laughs> of you. But, yeah. I try to keep I that. I know it's in there. I know don't want to. <laughs> I try to
0: keep that on the DL, man. You don't want to yeah. see the berserker. You side don't want to see
1: that. Yeah. You don't want to <laughs> see
0: the berserker side of this dork. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, thanks so much guys. Uh, this was a great podcast, even though we came up with it
1: yeah, at the last the minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's not do that again though. Yeah, no, we're going mm. to, we're going like to plan it out. Yeah. Like that. We yeah. usually
0: plan these things. We never, we never fly on the seat of our pants usually. Well,
1: well two thirds of us, uh, did plan, uh, to <laughs> speak on a certain, uh, subject? <laughs> comic book, but, yeah, Sorry. Subject, but, uh, but that's I'm, all
0: right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll make it up to you guys. I promise I'll be prepared for the next episode. And yeah, we'll do I'll this do it. again. So we're going to do this next week then, right, guys? Sure. All right. Same
1: bad same bad time, same bad channel. Yes, sir. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is Ego Traves Vez with my co-host, Primo, and my good friend, Fredo. We will catch you next time.
2: Later, guys. Have a good one. Peace.
0: music you're listening to is titled "Enamorado de Ti by Lou Ni. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And you know my spiel about Epidemic Sound. You know I love them. They have a wide selection of awesome music. They have great plans. They allow you to license the music for a low monthly fee. It's very affordable. So make sure you check them out. And when you do, use my referral link in the description. Also, make sure that you check out another one of our partners, Titan Fitness. They are an awesome company. I love their equipment. I have the T2 rack in my basement. It fits perfect. I believe it's 71 inches. And if you're interested in something like that, make sure you check them out because they have awesome products and they're affordable they're really good solid products so make sure you check them out and when you do of course make sure you use my referral link let them know that I'm here so yeah man uh I won't lie I pooped the bed I meant to read that book I did not get a chance to finish it but I did read it I did finish it And we did record a Ronin episode, so that's coming to you soon. So anyway, make sure you check out our website, theflowroadpodcast.com. There you'll see a complete catalog of all our episodes and you'll find out plenty of stuff about us and you'll find playlists having to do with specific topics that you may be interested in, like combat sports, jujitsu... Horror movies and movie reviews and other pop culture related items. So make sure you go over there, thefloropodcast.com, and check it out. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram under the name Edgar Otraves or follow the show under the name The Floral. And don't forget to follow my friends and co-hosts on Instagram. You can follow Cousin Primo under the name the underscore real underscore Cousin Primo. And don't forget to follow my good friend Fredo on Instagram under the name Fredo's Video Games. You'll find all that in the description. And if you like the episode, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at. And press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much for listening to Zero Traves. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters.